For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abram what he has spoken about him. And that is Genesis chapter 18, verses 19. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we're coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, always, the president of Bridge Ministries, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? <laughs> wow. Check out that introduction. That, you you like that. That was a that was a little loud. Uh, so, um, Abe's pretty hyped up today. I am. You know why, guys? Because we are finally in the new facility. We are. But we're not really moved in completely. We're getting there. We're getting there. But we are out of the old location, and we're in the new location. So, uh, again, this has been a long time coming. Amen. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. At on Bridge, least. Seems on Bridge like an Radio. eternity, yeah. Yeah. And God has just been so gracious to Bridge Ministry and providing a new location, a bigger facility. And we are super excited what's going to happen this fall. Absolutely. As we are um, near the university, um, and we're excited to just get that ramped up. And hopefully we get students coming in with a yep. free internet. And yep. uh, we're just looking to, looking forward to seeing when Kicking off the seminary classes too, Lord oh, willing. Right, yes. So we got that coming up in September. Yes, and we already have about, what, six to five people signed up? At least six for sure, yeah. Six for sure. So that's going to be really exciting. You know, we've been communicating uh, with the president of Birmingham Theological Sem- Seminary, yep. Ike Reeder. Um, so he's excited as well. He's a ball of energy. So we're, we're really excited. Uh, for our listeners, please, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. We are also on Spotify. Um, today, guys, we're going to have Dr. Ryan Bush. And today's subject is going to be uh, family worship. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ryan Bush has written uh, some things on family worship. Uh, he has a guide to family worship that we're going to be talking about a little bit today. I think this is one of these subjects that is super important. It is, yeah. So we are really, really happy to have Dr. Ryan Bush on today. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for giving to bridge ministry um this is not possible without god it's not possible with you guys again and he has made it possible uh so we we really give him all the honor and amen glory. yep and we appreciate your prayers and support yes absolutely well see why don't we get this podcast started let's do it let's do it Dr. Ryan Bush has worked as a cross-cultural missionary since 2005 in various capacities. Currently, Ryan serves as president of ICP DDK Institute. He also is associate professor of missions at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas. Ryan and Amanda have five children ages 6 to 16. Welcome, Ryan Bush, to Bridge Radio. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a joy to be with you guys. Yeah, it is absolutely super excited to have you on. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get started, uh, there are some really amazing news uh, released. Uh, the, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. Mm. And uh, I didn't want to make this political, but it is a win. 
and super, super excited that that has happened. And uh, we'll see where that goes from here. So, yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pretty amazing. Reason to celebrate. Reason absolutely to celebrate for sure. Absolutely. My my wife was emotional. So, um, uh, Ryan, before we begin, can you just tell a little bit about yourself and how the Lord drew you to saving faith before we begin? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I reside in Arkansas, uh, married, and we have five children um, from 16 years old down to five years old. I've mm. uh, been involved in cross-cultural missions for, uh, well, most of my life, about 20 years now. Um, but I grew up in a home that was really non-religious, uh, just a I guess you'd say a secular home. We weren't involved in any sort of church of any kind, any religion of any kind, um, and was really pretty naive to anything, to, 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 to spiritual matters. Now, of course, I got the cultural sort of Christianity that was around me, so I did absorb some of that, but made it up through my teen years with uh, with n- no real concept of of uh, sin or the need of a savior or um, who God was. But, um, you know, I, I did have the testimony of creation. And then in my teen years, I began to have the testimony of my conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I guess, many teens, I started to do things that were foolish, uh, rebelling against my parents' wishes and uh, my teacher's my teacher's wishes and began to take matters into my own hands in terms of what I thought I needed to do and what would make me happy. Uh, so that, that lasted several years of just sort of a misery of looking for, for, uh, hope, looking for something to fill me up, uh, just hitting dead ends everywhere. I turned when I was 17 years old, um, the, the bass drummer of the high school band, his name was Corey. Corey Martone, actually, Corey, if you're listening, give me a call, brother. Uh, <laughs> Corey Martone, uh, and I played snare drum. I played snare drum in the band, mm-hmm. uh, and he was telling me about a, um, a, I think it was a ski trip that his youth group was going on, and I had no concept of what a youth group would be or anything like this, but I love skiing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd grown up going to New Mexico. My mom is from there, and we would ski every spring break, every winter break. And so I hadn't been in a few years and he was saying this. I thought, yeah, that'd be great. I, you know, I, can I go with you guys? Can I go with the group? And he said, yeah, you just have to, you just need to, to come to, you know, come start coming to youth group with me and I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, so it was, it was through that initial contact that I ended up going to a, a youth conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dawson McAllister. Uh, he's no longer doing anything that I know of, but he used to do youth conferences and, uh, a band called Mercy Me was there. I, of course, mm-hmm. I had no idea of who any of these people were, but I went to the youth conference, and it's this huge arena. Uh, I'm, I'm talking. The, I'm, I'm from a town, a small town, of Arkansas, 700 people, and I hadn't really been out of it much, mm-hmm. um, to, especially not to big cities. And uh, that was just an overwhelming experience to me, um, just to be in that big arena. But uh, what was even more overwhelming and shocking to me was this thing that this guy was saying and what it was it was called a walk with christ to the cross 
And what he did was he went like step by step, all the way from betrayal to his burial, to Christ's burial, and just kind of breaking down what what really happened, like even medically speaking and uh, just like in intricate detail of the suffering of Christ. And like I knew about Jesus. I mean, I'm from the South. You know, I knew about the cross. I knew about those things. But when he said that Jesus, when he explained that Jesus went through that to pay uh, the penalty, to pay the price for sinners, and I knew what sin was. I mean, I, I knew I knew that I was guilty by that point. Uh, I, I was floored. I, I was I was shocked um, by what this guy said. And then he gave kind of a traditional altar call. And if you can imagine this huge arena, kind of a Billy Graham sort of setting and feeling in terms of just droves of people going down, he did that. And of course, I was in the nosebleed section and I was sitting, I remember I was sitting at the front, like there was a bar in front of me and I was just hanging on to that bar for dear life, not knowing what was happening. Honestly, mm-hmm. the Lord was, the Lord was waking me up is what was happening, but I didn't know. And I was scared and I didn't want to go down and in, in, in front of everybody. That was a thing for me. I was really just scared. It just made me really, really nervous to do that. Anyway, they all went out, uh, mercy me, started playing a song. And then just out of nowhere, it's like, you know, the, the Lord tore my hands away from the bar and I got up and walked down. And of course, everybody's gone at this point. Like I just walked down this huge thing by myself, you know, you know, these arenas, I had to go out in the lobby and go yeah. downstairs yeah. and stuff. It wasn't like a straight route. Yeah. Yeah. I, I needed a zip line at that point, but I had to go f- figure out how to get down there. But I went all the way to the front and there was a guy there and uh, he was like, he, He's like, can you, do you need? Are you lost? And I said, I, I need to talk to somebody. Hmm. And he's like, Oh, um, so he took me out. And I, anyway, the Lord saved me that lot that that night. It was February seventh, nineteen ninety eight, hmm. and it was it was really like a, a, a road to Damascus thing. Uh, praise the Lord for for kids who get to grow up in Christian homes and they can't hmm. point to a, an exact date. Um, you know, they, a lot of people see that as a negative thing, man, that's the greatest blessing. <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest blessing to say the Lord saved me when I was young. I'm not even sure when I heard the gospel from, from birth. What, what a blessing. That's, that's what I want for my kids, mm-hmm. but that's not how it was for me. I, it was a, it was a night and day thing. Um, the Lord showed me my deep need for a savior and he, he gave me, he gave me faith and repentance that night. Uh, and from that point forward, um, and I've been walking in the direction of the Lord on the pilgrim way. And my specific pilgrim way has been a lot, um, very involved in cross-cultural missions. So that's what I've done. Um, just starting from a few years after my, my new birth. Uh, but another huge part of my walk was, has been having a wife and a family and this whole concept of a family worship, how to lead my children in that way. I want them to know the Lord from a young age like I didn't. Yeah. Wow. I think I love that testimony and, and what you had to say as well with regards to the blessing that it is to grow up in a family, uh, a Christian family and not really know the exact day or hour that, uh, you're saved. I have that same testimony. I often have thought, I wish that I had a more exciting testimony, but then, you know, I look back and see how gracious God was to me mm. and how, you know, how incredibly rich I've been blessed by having those, those godly parents and growing up in that environment. And so, 
Yeah, it really is. a. It is something that uh, I think we need to, for those of us who, ha- who have had it, we need to appreciate it and thank God for it. Cause, yeah, yeah. I think it's Thomas Watson who gives the illustration of it's like the forming of dew on the grass in the morning. Mm. Uh, and he says that it's so gradual yeah. that uh, you, you can't tell when it, when it actually happened. But you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, yes. as you walk through it, that it's covered in 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 grace, Amen, yeah. <laughs> in water. It's it's wet. John Piper, it, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's the same thing with with those who are saved that way. Mm-hmm. You, you might not have an exact day or time, but wow, you're you're now covered in the grace and fear and love for the Lord. Amen. There's no there's no doubt. Amen. John Piper. Uh, said something once that always stuck with me. He said, I know I'm alive because I'm breathing, not because yeah. I can recall the moment of my birth. So true. That's so good. That's so good. So why don't we get into the topic here of family worship? Uh, we know that you have written a, 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 a small booklet, a devotional for a guide to family worship, but um, let's talk about the importance of family worship. And yeah. um, we know that it's important, right? Um, and, and, and maybe just talking about family worship in the day and age where we live now, um, where we just yeah. see a lot of difficulties and a lot of distractions, a lot of just broken homes. But yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, how about I give it, let me give a definition that I use because family worship is a new concept a lot of times for, for believers. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, for myself, I had been a believer for, I don't know, 15 years before I had really even heard of it and um, um, understood what it what it is. So here's a simple definition that I've kind of put together by reading several folks. It goes like this. Family worship is a special time set aside and led by the head of the household in which the members of that household render worship unto God mm. and receive of his blessings through the ordinary means of grace. So family worship, it's, it's really the best, the best um, kind of analogy or like thing to look at to, to understand what family worship is, is your local church. Mm-hmm. If, if you're in a help, healthy lo- local church, a lot of what happens there is, is what ought to happen on a smaller scale, obviously a less formal scale, but it's, it's, it's the same thing that ought to happen in, in family worship. Now, when we talk about the means of grace, uh, that's not a hundred percent true because you don't, we don't practice baptism and we don't practice the Lord's supper in family worship. Those are local church ordinances, but prayer, the singing of Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and the reading and teaching and receiving of the word are things that are, it ought to be practiced in family worship and are very beneficial to our families as we lead them in those, in those means. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a step beyond, I guess, devotions, right? I grew up doing family devotions, but I see this as even something that, uh, it's, it's really catechism in a way, you know, it's the, I see the question in the answer format, um, leading you through biblical truth through the entirety of the Bible and giving really an opportunity to uh, to memorize scripture, to talk about it, you know, throughout the day, um, as you have opportunity to 
from the really the uh, the the seedbed of that family worship time. And so it's I see it really as something that that uh, helps one as a as a leader of a family to really incorporate worship into all of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And and you know, there, there's different names or words that people use for this activity. Family devotion is is one that's common. Uh, the old timers, the Puritans, they called it family religion, which, you know, the word religion's got a real bad rap in our culture right now. It's it's yeah. it has a negative uh, connotation. But its denotation is is exactly what it is. It's the it's the practice of uh, it's the practice of worship, a system of belief, and that's what really what we want to do in in the in our families. We want to practice our religion, uh, not just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whenever we gather together, but we want to formally practice our religion in in a systematic, like you mentioned, catechizing way in our families. Um, I, the, so what one, just a kind of side note here, um, where it's funny how words take on these kind of, uh, moods in our, in languages. But so I've found that when people talk about family devotion, they're thinking, or the word devotion, they're thinking of a, of a kind of like what you mentioned, a lesser thing, mm. uh, maybe a less systematic, a shorter thing, maybe a less weighty thing. Um, and when people hear the word religion, they think of a stifling, uh, oppressive sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> but really, all three of those words could probably be used interchangeably. But I, I'd say the difference here, though, that what most families do, at least that I've encountered, and what I'm advocating for, and what I would like, what I would, my hope for everyone listening to this podcast to, to truly consider is, am I taking this seriously enough? Mm-hmm. We're talking about eternity here. I mean, I'll just ask this question um, to all of the listeners here. Would you deny your children food for a day? You're going to feed them tomorrow. You fed them yesterday. But would you ever one day say, you know what? I'm just not going to feed the kids today. Uh, we'll get to that tomorrow. Hmm. Um, so, I'm, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. Uh, it's busy. We've got baseball practice. We've got you know, the ballet. We've got school. We've got all these things. So uh, we'll do food tomorrow. <laughs> uh, no, you wouldn't because, you know, you'd, you'd have a bunch of, you'd have a lot of petitioning going on. Mm, uh, but how much more, I mean, how much more should we refuse to neglect their spiritual needs? Mm. We'd never neglect their physical needs in that way. We we need to have that same sort of attitude concerning their their spiritual needs as well and and it doesn't have to always be you know we got to be careful here because this can slip slip into a sort of legalistic mm-hmm. works based you know grace earning thing it's not it's not that it's not that um it's kind of, it, well another illustration from piper i can't remember where he oh he's talking about prayer i think mm-hmm. um he's like he he, he he answers the question well do, do christians have to pray you know, he kind of takes offense to that question. Yeah. Do Christians have to pray? <laughs> well, does a scuba diver have to carry a an air tank down <laughs> yeah. with him? <laughs> that's a, he, the, the whole the feeling there is that's a that's a pardon my word here, but it's a dumb question. Yeah, it's a dumb question. Do you want to live? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
and and there's something about there's an aspect of family worship that's that's the same it's the same idea here because we don't just have family worship because it's an investment in our children's future and in, in their in their future spiritual health and well-being it's it's not like well i need to do the family worship because one day my kids are going to go off and they're going to be off on their own and i want them to be spiritually prepared and mature mm-hmm. okay that's good that's true we do want that and that is a part of it but that's that's not it mm-hmm. the the our adversary is is prowling now Mm. He is going about right now seeking whom he may devour. Mm. And your kids are in his crosshairs. The reason that we give them spiritual truth and nourishment today, the reason that we help them suit up in the armor of God at 8 o'clock in the morning is because the war that's waged against their souls starts at 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And we want them to be prepared for it. So... Uh, should Christians, should Christian families practice family worship? It's not like, well, yeah, that'd be, it's like, do you want to survive the day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you want to live? Do you want your children to be protected from the very real spiritual attacks of the world and the devil? Hmm. Yeah, we do. And family worship is, is an integral part of that. Amen. So. So what does that look like? If we can start maybe getting to some of the details, I know that it's going to vary yeah. from family to family, right? You, you might have one kids, two kids, five kids, six kids, uh, however your family. But um, if we can just get maybe some ideas, because our listeners are probably like, well, Ryan, how do I do this? Like, I got yeah. five kids running around. You don't understand how my household is in the morning. One is eating cereal. The other one is fighting with the other kid. Everybody's yelling around and all oh, this is happening. And, yeah. and and I feel like I need to pull out my hair. My my husband is not helping me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so where, 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 where do we begin here in, 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 in getting disciplined and gathering the family, getting them excited uh, to, 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 to hear what God has to say? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. So I, I, I have found that there are two main obstacles for, for, for dads, for heads mm-hmm. of households to take up this, this responsibility and start to carry it out faithfully. Um, so two obstacles. The first one is a lack of, of, uh, of earnestness for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a earnestness in their hearts to care for their family's spiritual well-being in this way. So uh, with my my little mini sermon just a couple minutes ago, that's what I was trying to do. I yeah. was trying to awaken that to the, in in dads and husbands who are listening. But the second obstacle is the one that you're referring to. It's like, w- what do I do? Okay, now I have this. Now I see. Yeah, I see. This is huge. I see. This is critical. But uh, now, what do I do? So, um, yeah, a, a couple helps here, and and, and a, a bit of personal testimony will will I think shed some light on this. Um, whenever I first was 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 shown this, and and it, it, the way it happened was a brother looked me in the eye and said, "What are you doing to shepherd your family?" I was in Kenya actually, and um, I said, "Well, we you know we go to church. We I protect them from from evil influences, and we pray." and read the Bible from time to time. And he said, no, I'm, I'm asking you, what, what is your system? What is your plan? Uh, you've been entrusted with these souls. I want, I, I want to know what you're doing uh, 
to care for them on a regular basis from from as you as their pastor man they talk about talk about an initial getting angry <laughs> because I was because I knew I, I knew I was found out though I didn't realize I and then just the Lord just lit a fire in me but what happened was I started out like gung ho, like okay, family, we're going to do this. I was excited, I was pumped. You know, we're going to we're going to get together every day. We're going to spend time in the Word. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. And for a while, it went well. For a few weeks, it went well because I was riding the high of that um, conviction and emotion and excitement. Mm. But then it got difficult because life is busy. Uh, there's practices, and I've got a heavy workload, and some of the things that you mentioned, the chaos in the house. Mm. And I realized I needed something structured that I can rely on day by day that would be a help to me. I needed a, a cane to lean upon mm. for times that I was feeling especially weak or underprepared. And, and that's why and that's why I developed that 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 guide. It turned it started out just as something for myself to help me. But I knew that 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 I needed to be practicing the three basic things. And, and if there's someone listening here that wants to start tonight, here's what you do. You need to remember three words, read, sing, pray. That's all you need to remember to get started. You've been given this responsibility. You already have the charge. You have the authority. So there's no worry there. Simply sit your fa- your family down, talk to your wife beforehand and say, hey, I want to start leading my family in times of worship. Let's get together for 10 minutes tonight after dinner. So uh, read, sing, pray. You gather your family together sit them around the kitchen table. That's usually a good place, especially when you're getting started and explain to them briefly, family, I I want to help you know the Lord better. I'm going to start to lead us in times of family worship every day or almost every day. Uh, So we're going to start tonight. They may have Bibles. They may not. It's it's okay if they don't. Just have your Bible at least this first night. Um, Open to a Psalm that you know well and that they've probably heard of quite a few times as well. Psalm 23, Psalm 100, Psalm 1, Psalm Psalm 8, a short psalm, take you a few minutes to read. Open the Bible, pray to start out, then read the psalm. Now, you might ask a question about the psalm if you'd like, or you might ask them if there's a line that that stuck out to them, or you you may give no commentary whatsoever. It's totally fine just to simply read and let the Word do the work there. After you read, sing one stanza of a hymn that your family already knows. Um, holy, 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 amazing grace, rock of ages, uh, just one that your family knows really well. If there's not one that they know very well, maybe a, a children's song that, that the kids know, Jesus loves me, this I know, something like that. After you sing that hymn together, then pray a short prayer Pray for each of your family members that are sitting there and ask the Lord to help you to lead your family spiritually through family worship. Mm. That's it. Six, seven minutes maybe. Uh, tell them that you love them. Tell them that you thank them for, for, for listening and for, for learning along with you. And tell them we'll do this again tomorrow night. And then follow through. No, I love the, uh, I love the, uh, the, the format that you have in your book here as well and um yeah i think that the the questions that you have from the catechism for boys and girls is excellent because it really covers a lot of essential you know biblical truth doctrine that Mm -hmm. that is really essential for maturing 
in faith, and then the confession, where you you uh, actually quote from the London Baptist yeah. um, confession, yeah. is really helpful as well. Because I think it's it's really important to remember where we came from and why we believe what we believe. And a lot of times, the confessions, the old confessions and the creeds, will help us do that because they're such a great synthesis mm. and uh, system system systematic way of understanding you know, yeah, what the Bible right. has taught us. And yes, I think it yeah. really helps to uh, to solidify the biblical truth and kind of tie it all together. Yeah. Yeah. So the read, sing, pray uh, formula is a great way to start. And it's also just a great thing to have in your back pocket to remember for whenever you're out and about and you want to have family worship in a park or if you're out, you know, on a fishing trip or whatever. But I will say over time, and this is what happened with me, you'll probably want to, to, uh, to add more meat to your times of family worship. And so that's what I've done with a guide to family worship. So if any of the listeners are interested, that, that was um, published by Media Gratier, uh, a really, really great little publishing content um, group out of New Albany, Mississippi. Um, but they they published this little guide. And, and what I did was it's it's the basic read, sing, pray formula with a few things to augment it. Um, so what I've added to it is um, a, a few questions from the Catechism for Boys and Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be familiar with that. Um, it's a simple catechism, a Baptist catechism has been around for a long time. So as you make your way through the book, you hit all of those questions. It's a 30-day cycle, and then you repeat it. That's how the book works. You just repeat the cycle over and over until, well, until you don't want to anymore. But we've been repeating it for years. The idea is for the kids over time to learn all the questions and answers, to learn the hymns by heart, to memorize the verses by heart. So, um, so I've added the catechism questions. I've also added a section from the confession, the 1689. That's the confession that our church uses and that... Uh, our family adheres to as well. Um, and what I've done there is th- in the 1689, there are 32 chapters. And so basically there's a little a summary, like usually the first paragraph of the chapter is a summary of the whole chapter. So I've, in most of the, most days, it's the first paragraph out of the ch- that chapter of the 1689. And so some people think, you know, that seems that seems a, t- a little bit <laughs> a little bit weighty for, you know, an eight year old. Well, it is at first, hmm. it absolutely is. But um, you know, the vine only only grows as high as the trellis. Hmm. Uh, I want to put a trellis up there that they can grow up and into as they mature. And so as we read the confession. Uh, what, what here's how I handle it. We each read, we go around our circle and we'll read a sentence at a time. And after it's over, I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, what's something that you, you learned from that? Or what's some, what's something that that teaches us? Or what's a word in there that you don't understand? Or is there, did that make you think of a Bible verse or a Bible story? So I'll ask something about that to generate some conversation. Now I'm not trying to exegete the whole, the whole confession each time, <laughs> But you'd be shocked at, at the insights that these kids have and mm. uh, the questions that they have about it. It's, it's a fruitful thing. The last thing there that I've added, it's a bit out of the ordinary, is a prayer from a Puritan. Mm. And, and here's why. The prayers of the Puritans have been a, a tremendous help to me 
to learn how to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Uh, so it's some, prayer is something that we learn to do. Uh, and, and I think one of the best ways to learn how to pray, well, the best way is from Scripture, but the next best way is to listen to other faithful brothers and sisters pray, to mm. sit in their presence as they pray. And, you know, the Puritans, I can't think of a better group of people to sit under and to listen to them pray. So in our family worship, we pray along with the Puritans using that written out prayer. And then we also have extemporary prayers where we simply pray um, just from our own hearts at the beginning, at the end as well. Yeah, I, I love on, if I can just read a little bit of uh, a day 14 of the prayer, we won't give, we're not giving any, but I, it says, Dearest Lord, when our heart is cold, our mind barren, our frame lifeless, you make us rejoice in warming our frozen affection, making fruitful our poor estate and putting new life into our soul. Oh Lord, all we want is a frame of mind best suited for your glory. That's part mm. of the prayer. I mean, that is it's good so stuff. <laughs> good. That is great stuff. Yeah. And, and, ah, oh, this is great. And, um, I really like, uh, Steve said earlier, how it's just laid out. And I mean, you can knock this out. I mean, not because we're rushing into it, but you know, it's really deep, rich stuff mm-hmm. and yep. it won't take a long time. No. Um, no. And, and I really appreciate that about this, uh, a guide to, uh, family worship. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is deep, rich stuff. And I can say that because it's not my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I brought, I brought good stuff together to yeah. put this together. Um, the hymns, the confession, the prayer, the catechism, of course, the scriptures and, and here, here's the thing on it. It can be, um, it could last 10 minutes. Or it could last an hour if 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 it does, it, you know, if your family is connecting with it and there's lots of questions and it's very flexible. Mm. The other thing is, um, here's here's the and this is for me the most uh, advantageous thing about this resource. I can literally walk in from a, a brutal day, you know, doing whatever it is that I'm having to do outside of the house not given a single thought to family worship. I can walk in, immediately call my kids to our living room. We can sit down and all pick up our guides to family worship. And I turn to the day of the month that it is right there. And not even, I won't even have a clue what's up that day. I won't know. I won't have read the questions. I won't have done anything and have a meaningful, deep, family worship session together because it's already laid out. The order of service is already there, ready to roll. And it it does the work. Now I can also spend time preparing some things along with it and going over it. I can do that as well. And I do do that sometimes, but the excuse of not being prepared is taken away mm. with this guy, the family, which is a huge help to, to dads. It's just a huge burden lifted. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where this would just be such an impetus as well to people who, you know, maybe want to go on and do something of their own. Mm -hmm. You know, if they've if they've done this for a few years or whatever, I mean, you could easily follow the same sort of model. And there's there's a a lot of really good catechisms (laughs) out there. Yeah. You know, there's an infinite number almost of hymns and, um, you know, different confessions. So, 
there's just there's great opportunity the material is there it's just a matter of yeah, of yeah. searching it out that that's the good thing about that stuff uh, is it's public domain it is yeah. and, and all of that i mean except for the prayers that that took some work um finding them and reworking them and making them you know uh, more family friendly right um besides that everything else in there is is just copy paste mm. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. We've had, it's funny, we've had a few Presbyterian folks um, contact Media Grate wanting, you know, it's Baptist. So, sure. there, and so there's some questions in there about baptism, that mm. the catechism that, that's Baptist. So some Presbyterians asking for an alternative, you know. For, With the Westminster and the Heidelberg in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're down. Yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> and, you know, the, the Media Grate guy said, you know, we love you. Um, it, make your own. <laughs> we can't, we can't do a whole nother one, but it's all there for you to do. You know, it's very simple. Just, you know, put together, put together one for you guys. Well, and Reformation Heritage Books, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with Joel Beakey. Absolutely. Yeah. Is a big, big proponent, proponent of family worship. And he has published yeah. a plethora of materials um, yeah. regarding yes. that. There's a family worship Bible that we're actually going through yep. and uh, it's yep. an excellent resource. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He and Vody Bauckham is another resource. If someone mm. out there is looking for more stuff to read, uh, Vody Bauckham, uh, I think his book is called the family shepherd. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now it's about, uh, there's a chapter on family worship in there, but if you just, it's a great book for any dad, any husband who's looking to get oriented to what his calling is in the home. Sure. Can we just go back a little bit and just, um, uh, we talked a little bit earlier, just uh, how do we challenge the dads, right? In mm-hmm. a more specific way, you know, they, maybe they're feeling guilty. They don't know where to begin. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think through, you know, something a dad out there might just be like, well, how do I, how do I, how do I do this? Like, I just, you know, yeah. you, you have the worship guy we got here. How do, how do they begin? And gather everybody together. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. And, and there is another obstacle that, that I, uh, that I didn't mention that it is a real thing. And it's this, uh, this kind of guilt complex that uh-huh. some, some dads will have and uh, some husbands will have, and it goes something like this. And I have already wasted so much time, maybe years, maybe decades that I've neglected this. And, you know, I, there's, I have no right to start now. How could I possibly begin to exercise spiritual authority after I've been such an abject failure for so long? And, and, you know, someone might be feeling that way after listening to the first part of this podcast, thinking, man, I have blown it. So here's what happens uh, when we start to feel that way. Because when the initial feeling that you get, this initial punch, uh, you know, for a, a true believer, it's it it's very well could be the Holy Spirit bringing conviction on your life, which is a good thing. Yeah. But the the strategy of the enemy is to take that good thing, that conviction, and twist it into a paralyzing feeling of guilt and helplessness and. Uh, hypocriticalness, if that's a word, I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> um, so, and if you are 
if anyone's listening to this and has that starting to let that feeling creep up and maybe the whispers of the enemy is coming to into your ear saying, telling you these lies, like you can't start now, it's too late. They won't respect you. They're going to think you're a fraud if you're going to try to do this now. You haven't mm-hmm. done it before. Man, you you need to fight back those lies with the truth, with the truths of scripture. And 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 the and the first part of that is the fact that if you are in Christ, that those sins have been paid for, that those mm-hmm. sins have been been covered. Yes, you may have failed in that area, as all of us do, as I did for years myself, mm-hmm. but you do not stand condemned because of those uh you you are not you are not disqualified now to lead your family because you have failed in that area before christ has paid the price for them and now god is calling you to turn from it and begin to walk in obedience and he will give you strength to do it god will help you obey what he's called you to do so don't let guilt paralyze you turn and begin to be faithful in it. So how do we be faithful in it? Well, it, it's, it's kind of, it is, it is hard to get started. And, and there's, mm. there's some challenges here uh, that, that are family specific. So I, I, the, the folks that I've talked to that, that might have a, a more difficult get, a time getting started than others are those who have already, already in the teenage years, Mm. Uh, maybe even later teenage years. And, and yeah, there is this feeling of, um, you know, maybe the guilt thing, but, but also this feeling of, well, I'm not sure how even to, to address my family on this. And I'm not sure how my family will take it. Here, here's a, here are a few suggestions. Um, talk with your wife first and foremost about this after mm. you've dealt with the Lord and you know what you need to do. Uh, maybe even set a special time uh, aside to do it, to go out, to go out on a date, go on a, to have a meal together out at a restaurant to talk to her about it, because this is a big deal. It's a big thing. Um, it's a big thing. It's a big change, but it's also a, a huge spiritual reality. So set aside some special time. Don't just, you know, don't in passing mention it as though it's not a big deal because it is. Yeah. So talk with your wife about it. My guess is she's going to be thrilled about it. Um, she's probably going to be a hundred percent on board and excited about it. Um, after you talk with your wife and you two are on the same page about it, then call a family meeting, uh, bring the kids in, explain to them, uh, and, and be, be honest with them. Uh, explain to them maybe the uh, parts of, of this idea that you haven't been as as faithful as you should have been in the past and that that's been a, a failure on your part and um, lead your kids to the gospel through that. Help them to see that even you, you also fail. You need Christ as savior today as, as just as you did yesterday and in all of your life. Um, but then explain to them how you've seen that and how you desire now to be faithful in that role and, and walk them through what it's going to look like. Now, if you have little kids, if, if you're talking to little kids about this, they're going to be excited about it, I think. Oh. Uh, that's how it was for my kids. They were excited about it. It's kind of this, oh, wow, we're going to do something new. And and honestly, little kids love, and you know, I can't say this is universal, but a lot of little kids really love getting together with their families yeah. and doing a group activity. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to think it's neat. They're going to, they're going to take to the questions. They're going to want to sing the song. They're going to want to be a part. They're going to have their own Bible. So, um, you know, capitalize on that, make it an exciting adventure for them. 
Can can I just throw another just tw- uh, another maybe scenario here uh, yeah, real yeah. quick? Yeah. What happened if you have a family, right? And again, I'm just saying this, uh, uh, fathers and 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 um, uh, husband and wife, um, where they the wife is taking the lead. They're the mm-hmm. one, right? They're taking the lead on the family worship. They've been doing it because the man didn't step up. How would you approach that? You know, because there might be some guys. Oh, my wife does a better job than I do. You know, why yeah. should I? Why should I? Why should I stop there? They're, they're getting fed to truth. I'm there, but what's the importance when you're sitting down with your family? They're right, they're excited. Mom is leading it, but not dad. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. okay, they might listen to this podcast, and they're like, hey, how do I take over this off my wife's hand and lead? And maybe it'll cause some friction. Maybe not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good question. Um, yeah, and I've, I've actually, I think that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. Oh. Um, that's that's interesting. Um, now there's a variation of that question of just, you know, the the husband doesn't doesn't desire to help lead in that or has no interest in it whatsoever. So that mm. that's a scenario that we probably should address. But but if there's a dad listening husband listening who who you, the family practices family worship but it's mom led and the dad is kind of taking a back seat to that um how would that be addressed now if the dad realizes hey i really should be i should be taking the lead on this well um yeah i think i think the first thing there is is, is simply recognizing that uh, recognizing the the order that god has set up in the family mm. And, and that's clear that, that God has, has ordained the, the husband, the father, to be the head of the household, to lead his wife and his children in all things, to provide and to protect for them. Protect them. Um, and that provision is not just material, it's also spiritual, mm-hmm. that the husband is a sort of prophet, priest, and king to his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... there's a theology undergirding what should take place here. And it's, it's important for not only the dad to see that, but also the rest of the family. So this could be a delicate situation. Um, Obviously if, if the wife has been uh, taking the lead on this uh, and the husband now realizes that he should. So I I think that would warrant uh, again, like I mentioned before, a special time set aside for the husband to gently, but, but clearly explain to his wife uh, that um, what, what the biblical role of the husband is and what the biblical role of the wife is. Now you can get two, two potential reactions here, probably more, but I can see two right off the bat. One is a wife who'd be relieved by that. Like, Oh, good. I finally, I've, I've, I want you to take over. And that's what we hope for. Yeah. Finally. But, yeah. That's, that's what we would hope for in this situation. Um, but there also could be a scenario where the wife has a, a misunderstanding uh, and maybe it's not clear on the biblical roles of husband and wife and doesn't, um, doesn't necessarily see that. And she likes to be the leader and she, mm. and she thinks she can do it better than the husband maybe. And she, you know, she might even express some things like, well, you've never done it before. And now you want to take it from me. That's, that doesn't seem fair sort of scenario that that's going to take, that's going to take um, some time to work through, but let me encourage you husbands uh, to not give in to that. It, it is your, it is your role. It's your responsibility and it's your privilege to get to do that. 
um, you, you, you um, ought not to give it over just because it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to, 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 to take back ownership of um, it, a situation. And I want to be careful here. I'm no one's pastor who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if it does lead to some conflict, uh, I would suggest going to your elders to mm-hmm. seek counsel, your pastor to seek, seek counsel about this. But be firm in it. Do do pursue taking it back, taking ownership back of that. Uh, at the same time, though, I, I want to be clear: it's not as though a wife can't participate and help lead out in parts of that. Yeah. Just so long as she's doing it under the authority of of her husband, like yeah. she's receiving her direction from him, mm-hmm. um, it's fine for the for the wife to lead. So, for example, my wife p- plays piano. And so on some of the songs, she'll lead out on the song by playing the piano and get us started on the, the, the singing. We, you know, we all jump in and sing with it, but you know, she's, she's doing that under my, uh, direction and everyone in the the household knows that, that ultimately I'm the, I'm the spiritual authority in the house and she submits to that authority. And it's not, I know that's, you know, our culture has gotten so wonky with that. That sounds yeah. like I've, I've got her, you know, she's got an <laughs> earpiece in and I'm whispering <laughs> to her what to do. It's not that at all. We, I have a lot of confidence and trust in her. And, but she also at the same time is looking to me for, for, for leadership and direction as we move along in, in, in these things. Cause it's so. not about ability. It's about authority. And, and again, we don't, uh, you know, I don't, I guess we don't want to sound like, oh, like you don't, you know, you guys don't understand what my household looks like. Like I, I got the kids in the morning and I'm going to pour in their lives, you know, when yeah. my husband is out working and, and I hope that our listeners don't get that message for us. I, I believe from us that you can't speak into your children's lives, you know? Um, right, it, right. It, so, cause I, um, we're, we're not saying that at all. We just uh, what you're saying is that, Hey man, you know, it's time to man up if that's fair for me to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, the last thing that we would want that I would want to communicate is that the wife doesn't have a role Yes, in the spiritual development of, yes. of the children. Yeah. Um, let me read a quote from Spurgeon to, that addresses that. Uh, He says, I am sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression upon my mind as the instruction of my mother. Mm. Neither can I conceive that to any child there can be one who will have such influence over the heart as the mother who has so tenderly cared for her offspring. Mm. Never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessing which the Lord bestowed on me in making me the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. So we don't, we, we dare not underestimate the value and eternal uh, impact that a mother has on her children. At the same time, the mother has a role in the house and the husband has a role. Mm. And both of those roles are indispensable. Yeah. But we but we need to be careful to have a clear understanding of what those roles are. Yes. And I'm and I'm sure when those two things come together in harmony, it's amazing for sure. Oh wow. Yeah, you talk about gospel dynamite, eternal 
eternal impact that is just immeasurable. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ryan, I wish we can continue talking, but we've been on here for a, a minute. It's been a, it, it, it's almost an hour and man, I really hope that the people are listening to this podcast really, really get something, uh, uh absolutely great from this. Um, but, uh, uh, Ryan, before we start landing this plane and, uh, um, Romans 10, 14 says, how will they call on him who they've not believed? And how would they believe in whom they have not heard? And how would they hear without a preacher? Are you able to share the gospel with our worldwide audience today? Yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, the gospel is what saved me mm-hmm. and it is the hope for the world. The fact is that God created you, the God, God created me. He created all that we see, and he, he, he spoke it all to, into existence, and He did it with, on purpose and for a purpose. Mm. Now, early in the story, Adam and Eve, the first man and the first woman, they rebelled against God. They, they chose to disobey God's direct command. And in doing so, sin entered their hearts, sin entered the world. And since that day, sin has corrupted all those who come into this world. This world is choked with sin. Um, that really takes doesn't take any persuasion. All we have to do is turn on the television and watch the news for a few minutes to realize that this world is soaked with sin. And the... And, and it's terrible because of all the terrible things that happen around us, but that's not even the worst of it. The fact is that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is holy. He is totally separate from sin. There is no darkness in him whatsoever. Mm. And because of our sin, God has hidden his face from us. He cannot hear our prayers. He stops up his ears because of our sinfulness, the Bible says. And not only will he not hear us now, and not only will he not come near to sinners because of their sin and accept them as his own, but we are destined for an eternity separated from God because of our sin. Mm. Not only will God not accept us in this life, but he certainly will not accept us in the life to come and welcome us into his kingdom because of the sin that has infected us because of our willful disobedience to his law. So we are in a terrible predicament, but there is hope because God in his great mercy and kindness sent Jesus Christ into the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is God himself in flesh. Jesus Christ took on human flesh. He was born of a virgin And he lived a perfect life on this earth. He never did anything that God forbids. And he always did everything that God commands. He resisted the temptation of the devil. And he walked in perfect obedience to God and God's law all of his life. In fact, he he did what we cannot do, what no human has ever done. He obeyed God perfectly. Mm. Then he died, and this is, this is astounding. 
He was nailed to a Roman cross. He was he was hung there. He was pierced in his side. He, a crown of thorns was put on his head, and he suffered unfathomable physical suffering, but he also suffered unfathomable spiritual suffering because on that cross he not only he not only uh, uh, bore physical pain, but he also bore the wrath of God for the sins of sinners was placed on him Mm -hmm. as he suffered. The reason that the sin of sinners was placed on him is because God was carrying out a plan to save many. Mm -hmm. Jesus died for sinners. He died for the ungodly on the cross so that all those who come to him, all those who look to Christ for salvation, with faith and repentance, the Bible says that he will never cast away. In other words, whoever comes to the door of Christ and knocks with faith and repentance, whoever comes to that door and says, save me, I am a sinner and you are a savior. You are my only hope. The Bible says that the door will be opened to them. If you are in your sin now, you may call upon the name of the Lord this very moment, and you will be saved. It is your only hope. And if you realize right now that you have put your hope in something else, maybe you've been in church a long time, but now you realize that your hope has been in your church membership or your baptism or your good behavior, or your Bible memorization, or anything else, if you realize that your hope has been in those things, then you are blessed because because you, you now have the chance to turn from that trap and turn to Christ. Mm. Those are good things, but they can, they can never save you. Look to the root of your profession of faith. If, the, if there is anything at the root of your, of your profession that is not the blood of Christ, then, then your hope is faulty and you, you have, and you have no right to enter into heaven. Mm-hmm. If you mix anything with the blood of Christ, you spoil it. Mm-hmm. Christ will be a complete savior to you or he will be no savior at all. But all sinners who come to him, seeking forgiveness, seeking salvation through his shed blood will be saved. Amen. Ryan, thank you for coming on Bridge Radio. For our listeners, uh, please go to mediagracia.org and you can get a guide to family worship. And um, you will be blessed for sure. Thank you for going through this. Any last words of encouragement before we're done here to a family that might be feeling down right now? Yeah. Something just really quick, Ryan, just just yeah. to end the podcast and 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 something positive, which yeah. we just shared the gospel, but you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, what what a wonderful thing that the Lord has given us, families. And there's nothing more precious than a fat than a family gathering together to worship the one 
who created that family, whose idea it was to have families. So dads, press on, lead your family in worship. Moms, press on, take up this great and wonderful thing to worship the Lord together as a family. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, Ryan, where can people find you if you want to be found? Um, just uh, social media, website, anything like that. Uh, yeah, I, I do have social media. I'm not super active on it, but yeah, um, you can look me up on Facebook, Ryan Bush, Muscle on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm wearing this same shirt in both of those profile <laughs> pictures. <laughs> oh, they can't see it. It's a blue Oxford button-down shirt. <laughs> Uh, I'm not super active on those, though I do try to get to get to them a couple times a oh. week to respond. But really, the best way uh, to to if you have a question about family worship, I'd welcome that. Email me at rbush at gbt seminary. That's Grace Bible Theological Seminary. Gbt seminary dot org. Uh, if you'll email me and if you need some some help with family worship, I would love to to um, do whatever I can to help uh, set you on that path. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for coming on to Bridge Radio and hope we can have you back on again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Dr. Ryan Bush, a guide to Family Worship by MediaGrazia.org. Steve, thoughts on yeah, the podcast today? That was very insightful. I really appreciate his heart for family devotion. And uh, I think it, it really reminds me of um, what we read in Deuteronomy 6 about uh, you know parents um, teaching their children uh, the words of the Lord and meditating upon them and really making it a part of daily life rather mm. than just something that you do one day a week on Sunday, um, you know, teaching your children so that they know the Lord's, um, the Lord's wisdom and his commands, his ways for us to live. And so that we, we can walk in those ways. It, if we don't know how the Lord wants us to live, there's no way we're going to do it. Right. And we need that more than you know, an hour or two on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. Definitely was convicting for me. Um, and, and hope I can do a better job moving forward and, and just do it. And, and again, you know, as uh, Dr. Ryan Bush said, it's like, let's just do it. Um, the guide is a perfect start if you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. And men, please don't feel guilty as Dr. Ryan Bush said, he says, just do it. You know, God, Christ has paid for, all our guilt on the cross you're forgiven you can get started and again this is just to to, to bring the family together yeah feed them truth do right? what you can now yeah and do do what you can uh please don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and ladies and gentlemen like we always like to end the show what is your only comfort in life and in death that i am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To next week. <laughs>